This podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. Our Stripes acknowledges the traditional owners of the land and pay our respect to elders past, present and emerging. Once again, thank you for joining us on Our Stripes, the Richmond Football Club podcast, uh, celebrating the many and varied communities that make up the awesome strip that is, of course, the mighty yellow and black. Tiffany Cherry joining you alongside Rana Hussain, your co-host for our podcast. And today, Rana, we have two very special guests from the Victorian Wheelchair Football League, of course, Richmond's team, uh, our very own Yasmina McGlone, who was our best and fairest from last year, our inaugural best and fairest Brilliant to have you, Yaz, joining us once again. And we have one of our new recruits who came over from Essendon, Tisha Shadwell. Fantastic to have you as well. You've got a, a wonderful uh, history of sport and your background, so very much looking forward to having a chat with you. Welcome, guys. I'm going to start with you, Yaz. Okay. Um, you're a seasoned campaigner now. <laughs> <laughs> We've had you for a year now and we're loving it. Um, but I think a lot of people still don't really know what wheelchair AFL is. This is a league basically started by the AFL yep. to encourage people with a disability to play the game and, of course, particularly people in wheelchairs. But it's not just people in wheelchairs, is it? No, so I think that's the beautiful thing about it. Everybody's got their own amazing, unique stories and it's not all um, disabilities are that can just be seen straight away. So you have um, yeah, different people with different disabilities that don't necessarily mean that they're in a wheelchair, but when we're playing, everybody's playing in the wheelchair. Mm. So you're considered able body and on the, within, on the court you're allowed one able body for the team. Mm. Um, so, is that correct? Um, no, I'm actually classified as um, having a disability because of my movement disorder. So, yeah, so if I'm, even though I'm not in a wheelchair, um, I'm, when I'm on the court, I'm still not classified as the um, able bod. So, we, yeah. but we are allowed one able bod? Yes, we are. Yep, we're allowed one on. So, can you tell us then uh, about your disability and, and how it affects you? And, and how it's impacted your life. Yeah, so um, I was born with a neurological condition called my clonus dystonia. Um, so, and what that means is um, at any time my muscles can jerk, so I don't have full control over my muscles. But usually it's, I have certain triggers, so um, things like anxiety and nerves are one of the main triggers um, that can cause the symptoms to become a lot worse. Um, so over the years, it did mean that I did um, it caused me to have quite low confidence, and I did want to kind of just hide in the background a bit more. So yeah, for years I was very self-conscious about it. And now, as you sit here talking, and, and yeah. you started out jerking, and then as yeah. you've become more confident, <laughs> and relaxed, the jerking subsides. But that's how yeah. it impacts. So how does it affect you on the court? Um, so when I first started, um, the first time just being in the chair and wheeling, that was a challenge because my left side can be a bit worse. So just actually wheeling the chair and trying to get it to go straight, uh, I struggled with. And then, Which people found quite funny, right? <laughs> yeah, of course, because, you know, <laughs> one of the challenge was just to, you know, get from one side to the end, which everybody was doing quite well. But mine's look 
like more like a zigzag going through. Um, but yeah, and then the next challenge was actually just trying to handball. Actually, became a challenge because one when I had I was holding the ball with one hand and then trying to hit the ball with the other. But sometimes the other hand would move just so I was going to hit the ball. So that became a bit of a challenge in the beginning. <laughs> so is there something you do when you find on the court that you're feeling a little bit challenged and you start to jerk? Is there yeah. something that you do um, to kind of calm yourself down? Yeah, I think now it's just mentally I'm a lot kinder to myself if it's happening. Um, you know, just tell myself it's going to pass, take some deep breaths and, yeah, just tell myself that it's going to be okay. Um, mm. Well, there's before, like, before... Uh, Used to be, used to kind of attack myself a bit more, which used to make it worse. So, yeah, now I'm just a bit kinder to myself. I want to ask you about that because I've watched you since you started wheelchair football, and it's quite remarkable. You have never played the game, never even played sport in a wheelchair. Clearly, you have an accent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the game of AFL is new. You're from, yeah, so I'm from Scotland. Yeah, and so you've taken on a new sport um, and then a, and a remarkable version of it and then you became best and fairest for <laughs> Richmond and also made the All-Australian team. I mean, that journey is incredible. What did you do in the space of a season to get that far? I guess I didn't really overthink it too much. Obviously, um, when I started out, it was just giving it a go and trying. So every day I just kind of took each day as it comes. But when I got told I was selected, I was definitely surprised at first because I wasn't the greatest to start out. Um, but I guess because I'd been given the opportunity, I said I wanted to make the most of it. So, you know, trained and practiced. And, yeah, to be honest, it was all a bit of a surprise to me. Um, but, yeah, I guess I just didn't put any limitations on myself. I was just saying I'm going to go out there and give it a go and give it my best. And, mm. yeah worked out well. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> An awesome example of, uh, of determination of and, and putting your mind to something and where you can actually go and what you can achieve. Tisha, tell us about a bit about your background uh, in terms of how you became involved in, in the sport of wheelchair football to start with. So I played, I played um, basketball as an able bod for most of my life and then I got injured and started to take up wheelchair basketball and I was playing that and playing with a lot of other people and then people started mentioning about wheelchair footy and I was a bit hesitant to join because I'm like, how can you play wheel- How can you play footy in a wheelchair? You can't kick. So it kind of took me a bit to decide and then there was a tryout and I was like, I can give it a go and then decide if I like it to play and I gave it a go and then got picked up and after that I realised I liked it and I fell in love with the sport. Can you tell us a bit about um, your injury, if you don't mind, and, and what happened, what that journey was like for you? So I played at kind of a high level for basketball and my team made nationals and in the lead up to nationals we started training a lot and I wanted to be the best I could be so I started training and continued to train and I started to have pain in both my feet and ignored it because I thought I knew my body better than I did and pushed through it and played all the way through and then after nationals I could barely walk I was in so much pain and I went and got checked and found out I fractured both my navicular bones in both my feet and it was devastating because they told me I might not even walk again and I couldn't play sport so I was quite upset and I was in a wheelchair for nearly a year and had surgery and developed CRPS 
which is complex regional pain syndrome, which means my nerves don't respond normally and they send pain signals differently. And I found that and I was end up on a lot of medication and trying to concentrate and play sport and just get through everyday life was hard, but managed to find a balance between it all to kind of continue going and play sport as well. That's huge for a 16-year-old and you're 14 at the time. Yes. I mean, that's massive for anybody to go through, let alone a 14-year-old. What were some of the things that kind of got you through that period? I think kind of like family and friends and just the support system. Like I kind of went to a dark place after it happened and didn't know what my life was going to be from there. Like all I knew was sport and I didn't know there was wheelchair sports and kind of having everyone there supporting me, telling me you can do this and it kind of what brought me up knowing that there was sport, it kind of made life easier to get through. Can I just ask both of you a question? When you're in that dark place, what are the words, what's the conversation going on in your head? I can definitely say that for me it wasn't um, very nice conversations. Um, And I find the more you feed into it, it just kind of spirals more and more. So I think for me it was a lot of... um, self-attack, self-blame and just I think yeah like I said I know for me that I definitely put the blame on me even though it was things that were out of my control. For me it was something that I could have prevented so for me it was more of I, I blamed myself and I was always telling myself that I did this and I could have done something so it was more going like what am I meant to do, what am I doing here? And it was just kind of knowing that I was here and it happened for a reason and it was just knowing moving forward was... So then in a nutshell, for other listeners who might be able to identify where both of you are at in their own way, in their own story, what advice could you give them? I guess that things happen and things are hard but you can work through it and there are people, you might not know it, but there's people around you supporting you and you might be going through the same thing, but people are there for you and there is always an outcome. There always is a bright light on the other side and things can work out. Yeah, like I definitely agree with what you said. Um, I think allowing people in and allowing people to support you and just opening up, you know, I think in life we'll all go through tough times and a lot of us, we tend to hide away during those times and just realising that you can speak to people, open up and that you can get through it. Um, Yeah, I think that helps. I think that's really interesting what you said, allowing people to support you. I mean, what is it that we can do um, the sporting industry or here at Richmond, you know, what is it that we can do to help people um, with a disability or people who've gone through what you've both gone through? Um, for me, I think it's just... I think it's one thing I always say, it's just that perception on disability. I think it's just recognising that in this world, it's, we live in a diverse world that's filled with people that we all have our differences and we're all unique, but not necessarily seeing it as a weakness or something that, um, well, that person has a disability, you know, that must be, you know, life must be really hard for them, just not automatically making that assumption also Mm. and recognising that people with disabilities are just as capable of living, you know, amazing lives as well and pushing through. But So I think just understanding that and also, you know, putting things in place so that things are accessible for everyone because um, no one should feel left out of things. Mm. I mean, and I suppose that's what the Wheelchair League 
is there for. What has the league brought to your lives and being part of the Richmond footy team? I think it kind of brought a different side to not like to my views, but to others. Like I didn't know that you could change the way Abel's played to make it for wheelchairs. Like I didn't know you could play wheelchair footy. So I think it's kind of like opening people's minds and going that you can do these things and there are other options and you can change the way sports are played so everyone can play it. Mm. Um, Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think as well, um, just the the community that surrounds it is really amazing. The way everybody supports each other and brings people up has been a really amazing thing as well. And, the, and one other thing with the wheelchair uh, competition is that it's it's equal for men and women. So have you found that a, a fantastic opportunity to be able to play on a level playing field in all aspects? Oh, definitely, yeah, I love it. Um, I've really gotten, you know, built a lot of friendship with um, a lot of the guys and they've just been amazing as well because you know, we're all just, we're all on the court, we're all just, we treat each other the same. And, yeah, so it's really amazing to have that level playing field. Have people stopped you in the street and shared some of their story or told you what an inspiration you are? Has, how has it transpired your journey in the, in the wheelchair competition and, and how that's affected your lives? Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, uh, I've had some people that have um, really says that they could relate to aspects of my story and which is such an amazing thing because remember when I was younger I used to think that I was so alone in the world and to think that by me sharing my story has allowed other people to realise that they're not alone and it's helped them it's yeah it's just been yeah it's and I will say, yeah, <laughs> since you joined Richmond and our wheelchair team, you've just gone from strength to strength. I mean, everybody's after you now to speak <laughs> at their events, and I just, but it's so beautiful because you speak from the heart and you um, shed some light on an experience that a lot of us haven't had or haven't been exposed to, and it's. Uh, it's certainly changed the way I think about things and I just yeah, I just want everybody to hear from you and I feel like it's coming for you, Tisha. Yeah, and, and I just and on that too, your first speaking engagement was part of our This Girl Can uh, program that we put on and, and you spoke at an event that we put on last year and and you had a lot of jerks and you found yeah. it and it was really quite difficult to be able to speak publicly up on that stage with, with the other panellists. Yep. But you've now been able to work through that and, as you say, you're you're in demand to, to do public <laughs> speaking and, and panels and uh, how has that uh, journey been for you? It's been crazy, actually. Um, one that I probably didn't expect to come out of it um, because I remember when I was, even when I was at school, I used to always burst into tears at the thought of just having to speak in front of anybody, so <laughs> didn't expect it, but it's... It's been amazing because I think after each one I've grown in confidence and it's been the, the feedback and um, just the people listening, the people have been really engaged and they've, you know, coming up after and seeing how much, you know, they've enjoyed the talk or how much it's um, meant to them. It's been amazing. So I think it's encouraged me to keep speaking. But, um, yeah, and I think I'll keep doing it now because I realise that there's a bigger picture, so... I'm happy to push past the fact that um, it makes me really nervous and my jerking a bit worse because I know that it's um, for a better purpose. And what about you, Tisha? Where do you see your future headed? 
what uh, has this impacted you in some way and giving you maybe a clearer view on where you want to go in, in your life and your career? Definitely. I've always wanted to do something sport-related in the future, so I'm hoping that wheelchair footy becomes bigger and becomes Australia-wide so that we can start playing bigger and playing against all these other people and making more people aware of it so there is a future in this. So it is something that I can go, I want to play that. And for other people who are younger, go, that's something I want to do. So, Yaz, you just came back from the national championships in Adelaide a few weeks ago and you were another accolade to to you and and your achievements is that you were selected for Victoria and we won, well, you ended up winning a silver medal. Yeah, we came back with silver, which was, it was an amazing experience as well because once again I got to meet other people playing the sport, um, which was, yeah, which was really great and play against some other amazing teams. And yeah, we came back with silver, which was exciting because it was my first time going and representing Victoria. So that was a great honour in itself. And Tisha, Paralympics? Yes, so next year it's Tokyo and I have a strong chance at making it. So it's a matter of just training and hoping that it will happen. Oh, we're all behind (laughs) you, that's for sure. Um, If you could give a message to the people listening to our 100,000 Richmond members, what would it be? I guess just when something doesn't go right, don't think that's the end. Don't think that you can't. There's always always another option. There's always people around you can help. There's always something in the outcome. So just, I guess, never giving up and there's always something positive out of everything. Yeah, um, I think for me, yeah, just seeing that and believing in yourself and realising that determination and hard work can go a long way. Um, so just keep keep powering through. One question that we ask all of our guests, given that this medium is uh, audio, not obviously visual, is we ask each of you if you could think of a picture that you have that's in your family home or your favourite picture that represents your family and where you're from and maybe a big component of who you are. So obviously, Yaz... You've got your Scottish heritage, whether it be that or something else, um, and and Tisha, something that that you, that is your favourite picture that you know you walk into the house or you have it in your bedroom. As mine is last year, my family and I did a trivia night for Harry Potter, and we all dressed up in a costume in something from Harry Potter, and it's a photo that I love because it shows that our family, you know. We're crazy, we do what we want and we stick together and if we're going to go do something outrageous, we all do it together and it's something that... Who are you? Yeah. I was the picture of... Um, oh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, um, Sirius Black, the wanted picture. Uh, I was the wanted sign. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> and what about for you, Yaz? Um, or maybe even describe home for us, like Scotland. Yeah, um, so back at home, so I would live, there's my mum, my stepdad, I have my two brothers as well, and my sister, so growing up, um, yeah, there was like busy, busy household, and it was, it was really fun with them, um, but I think, I think I like, I like the pictures of us, um, like, with me and my siblings, you know, when we're all, we're all young, and we're just kids, because I think you just, you can see that, you just think anything is possible at that age, so... Yeah. And I want to ask you, is it haggis? Yes, haggis. So do you eat? So tell us a little bit about your that, that food from Scotland. And so, have you brought it to the to the team at all? Well, I haven't brought haggis to the team at all, but um, even in my house we didn't really have haggis much, though I do like haggis. What is it? 
So I'm pretty sure it's like sheep intestines and things. <laughs> it's a mix of all just random... Um, protein. <laughs> lots of protein in there. Uh, yeah, but I actually do like it. I remember um, at school we used to have um, Robbie Burns Day, which because he was a famous Scottish poet, so they used to always celebrate him in primary, and we used to always have have to mm. recite a Robbie Burns poem, and we'd all have haggis, neeps, and tatties as well for lunch at school that day. You've also got a bit of French, haven't you? Yeah, in your lineage. Yeah, so I was actually born in France, but moved to Scotland when I was one, and um, yeah, on my dad's side they're French Algerian. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so croissants. Yeah, that's yeah, quite croissant as well. Love croissant. <laughs> I've got a message for the Richmond fans out there, which is come out and support this wheelchair team. Their first game is on the twelfth of twelfth of May at Burundara Sports Complex, which of course is Mother's Day. Yeah, so come and celebrate with Absolutely. your mum, wonderful mums. And it is such an interesting sport to watch. It's very tough. I mean, Yasmina here <laughs> falls out of her chair more, <laughs> more than anyone I know who plays the game. Bounces back up. Bounces straight back up. Uh, it's just an incredible game to watch and you have to absolutely come and support the team. And last year we made the grand final. Unfortunately, we couldn't go all the way. Yes. Uh, we were beaten by a better team on the day in Collingwood, but we're certainly looking to uh, redeem ourselves mm. and, uh, and go all the way. But And we're, with obviously Tisha as well joining the team and another female in Miranda. Um, we've got a brilliant team with all the boys and uh, and over the next 10, 10 uh, games we're going to see how well we go. Hopefully we can make the grand final. I will say, Tisha, you come from a Richmond-loving family too. Yes. <laughs> Your dad's here who's an absolute, absolute huge supporter of the club. Yes. I can see it on his face. <laughs> but you were Essendon, weren't you? Yeah, I am. And so you'd originally played for Essendon last yeah. year. So uh, how does it feel to come over and change the Guernsey? It actually kind of feels good. Like, I think I'm finding a new team here. Ah, we good like family here. <laughs> certainly a bit of kudos with your dad too. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I'll, we'll probably leave it there. Thank you so much for coming in today. We've got um, a lot to look forward to in this season and we look forward to watching you guys get out there and get a lot of wins. And thank you again to our listeners for tuning in. This is Our Stripes, a podcast of the Richmond Football Club.